Over to Maria to uh, present. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. The application site before us is land southeast of uh, Round Coppice Road in Stansted. The application site um, is located within the airport boundaries southwest of the main airport operations. Um, so the main airport activities being along here, um, the application site being here. Um, the site itself is in a irregular shaped parcel of land located adjacent um, to and between the Round Coppice Road roundabout, which is located along here, the long stay car park of, park of the airport, which is located here, and um, the in flight building, which is located here. The site covers an area of 0.8 hectares. It's screened by landscaping from the main road um, along here and uh, along the um, northwest direction. Southwesterly of the site is a large landscape bunding and wooded area. Uh, so the bunding's along here, and you've got a wooded area located here on the site. The airfield has a three metre wide clearance strip uh, with a security fencing which is located along the um, perimeter of the application site. The ground levels on site are relatively flat with a slight gradual raise south to northwest of the site. This is um, the layout plan of the application. The proposal is for a facility. Uh, which is for a technical skills college, uh, which is being provided in association with Harlow College and Stansted Airport as a, a major employer in the area. The application is for a two-storey professional and technical skills centre, providing an area of 2,281 square metres in floor space. The scheme will provide up to 10 classrooms, a workshop, a skills kitchen and ancillary facilities, there would also be a construction of a single-storey storage building covering an area of 150 square metres located here on the site. There would be an entrance plaza as you come into the site. The access will be taken from an existing roundabout um, where the long-stay car park uh, comes off of. Um, up to um, 38 car parking spaces will be provided as part of the scheme together with cycle shelters and associated landscaping. In terms of the scheme itself, this is probably not too clear on the screen, um, but the ground floor will provide um, up to four classrooms located here and here. Um, there will be a skills kitchen, um, a training workshop located here, changing facilities, offices and meeting rooms located here. The first floor level would have a mezzanine floor overlooking the workshop area, which provides a plant area. There will be an additional six classrooms um, and a staff room located here. In terms of what the building would look like, um, this gives you an idea of, what is, um, of what's being proposed on site. The dimensions of the building are stipulated within the officer's report. Um, as you can see from the plans, this also shows say, the main building itself with the um, security perimeter fencing located here and the workshop building 
there. This is the other elevations that you'll see approaching from the roundabout. This gives you a perspective, a 3D perspective of what the building would look like. In terms of the assessment of the application, uh, consultee responses have been outlined within the officer's report on pages 13 to 18. The development is stated to provide up to uh, 30 equivalent full-time jobs. The need and importance of the proposed development has been outlined within section 5 of the report on pages 11 and 12. The scheme will be cross-funded by a number of bodies. The development would provide a first further education college in Uttlesford and would provide vocational training opportunities in an identified area of demand, providing for the future skills for the airport, including supporting the London Stansted and Cambridge Corridor. The scheme has been identified to be strategically important within the area. The scheme would also provide training courses for engineering, business, logistics, finance, hospitality and uh, services within the industry, providing for a gap in the skills in the area. Uh, again, this element has been um, discussed within the report in section 5.6. The development in turn will support um, sustainable economic growth in the area. The development will meet all three strands of the sustainable development. It provides strong, this provides strong material weight um, in terms of the consideration of the application. No impact is considered upon the strategic landscape area uh, which um, the scheme will be cited within. There's a previous uh, development has been granted, uh, therefore the principle of development in this area has been previously accepted. The proposed buildings will be read in conjunction uh, with other adjacent uh, airport-related uses and minimal Im impact is considered from the street scene due to the proposed design, its scale and siting and its landscaping within that it's set. Lighting within the scheme is acceptable. This has been as assessed um, so as to not create any obtrusive light pollution which would also cause uh, possible interference with the airport activities. The provision of parking is acceptable and in accordance with policy. During the course of assessing the application, further information has been submitted um, following comments from Highways England. The study, um, the information that's been submitted by the applicant demonstrates that there will be ample capacity and negligible increase in traffic, uh, therefore an insignificant impact upon the trunk roads and local roads. Based on the above information, it's considered, uh, the scheme is considered acceptable in terms of highway impact and therefore in accordance with policy. No objections have been raised by ECC highways, subject to conditions being imposed. Whilst no formal comments have been received from Highways England uh, following the submission of additional information, um, the holding objection still remains in place. However, Highways England have confirmed yesterday that, are, that they are satisfied with the proposal and that it would not cause a severe effect upon the A120 or the M11 Junction 8. No objections have been raised relating to water, archaeology, environmental health, ecology or landscape grounds. Concerns raised by Essex County Suds have also been removed uh, subject to conditions. As a result, the scheme is therefore recommended for approval subject to conditions outlined on pages 29 to 34 and subject to Highway England comments. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Maria. Um, we have no speakers on this application, so uh, members, it's over to you uh, for your comments. 
Anybody wish to say anything? Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. Um, yes, it's uh, my only comment I have is it's good that it provides jobs now, but perhaps more important that it's actually improving and extending the uh, trained skill base within the local area um, that, that affects us. Uh, that includes Harlow, Bishop's Talford and the areas around. I think it's a, it's a fantastic uh, project to take forward and it will be another little jewel in our crown. Thank you. <coughs> okay, thank you for that. Um, any other comments? Gary, no. Eric, no. John, no. Yes. Uh, Councillor Chambers. I would like to propose approval, Mr Chairman. Under those circumstances, if anybody else has anything to say, Mr Hicks? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. Uh, any further comments before I go further? All right. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Hicks. Yes, I'll be happy to second the. Yeah, proposal. seconded by Councillor Hicks. Can we go to the vote on this item, please? Those in favour, please show. Uh, that's unanimous. Thank you very much. Thank you, Maria. And we will move on to the next item. Uh, this application is UTT 170259. It's an outline planning application in Great Eastern and uh, Mr Theobald is going to take us through the details. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. This application is for nine new dwellings at the former Pickford's Builders Yard uh, for uh, five four-bedders and four three-bedders and members saw the site this morning so I don't particularly want to uh, go into too much detail other than the salient facts of what's uh, being proposed. Uh, you recall that there are two entrances into this site, one from the end way which would have two access points to, to two shared um, properties and then the rear access point coming off Broxmead which would serve the five dwellings at the back. The uh, existing buildings for Pickfords um, isn't part of this application site, so therefore this only relates to the open area which you saw this morning, and that's essentially what you saw this morning, uh, which has been subject to uh, an ecology survey and also an environmental survey, and ecology are happy with this in terms of uh, what has to be considered regarding uh, mitigation for protected species and uh, health are happy with the remediation that would need to be done to take out uh, various contaminants from the site. That's the view which you couldn't get uh, because you were down the bottom there uh, looking down the slope to the extension to Broxmead which obviously um, is modern two-storey housing in um, Essex Design Guide sort of style. That's uh, looking down again and also showing the end of Speldhurst which is the two-storey detached dwelling set back from the end way as you view from the front. And that's just arcing round to the end way and you can see the dwellings on the other side of the end way. And similarly right across now, that's looking back into uh, Speldhurst. That's a view as you saw looking up the lane with the hedge on the right hand side. That's looking down the slope from the existing access from Pickford's. 
and that is the hedge which would be removed probably in totality to get the visibility displays in each direction along the, the road as stipulated by county highways. And that's just a general shot of the vernacular form on the other side of uh, the endways. I would say that this application does not include scale or appearance, so the applicant's agent has put in just indicative um, drawings for um, design purposes, which shouldn't therefore be taken uh, as being uh, indicative of what would be uh, built. And that is the sort of built form that you see going up the endway from the entrance into Broxmead, uh, typical 1980s, 90s uh, two-storey development. And that's just other photos. Okay. Now, the um, proposal, um, as I say, is for nine dwellings. The, the garages... Um, have been uh, set back from the, um, the dwellings both for the front line and also the rear line and this has been subject to a couple of revisions since the original application came in where the, the front has been more relaxed in terms of the spacings between individual dwellings. The parking arrangements would be compliant in terms of the four bedders and three bedders as would the size of the garages at 7 by 3 There would be a compliant visitor parking, one parking space for the, uh, well, yeah, for the front and one for the rear. Strictly speaking, there should be three, but uh, that would be um, taken up by the fact that the three bedders along the bottom have three car parking spaces, so that would be adequate for visitor parking. In terms of amenity, as per the report, all of the dwellings have... Um, in excess of 100 square metres rear private amenity space. Uh, in terms of back-to-back -back distance, uh, there is um, 25 metres from back-to-back, -back, um, although some of the properties aren't uh, quite to the 15-metre um, uh, back-to-the-middle-boundary uh, uh, distance. Um, in terms of the other matters, highways, as I say, are happy with the now... Um, uh, amended front entrance arrangements. Um, ecology are happy. Landscaping is um, appropriate, subject to, as I said at the uh, site visit, there being some planting which can be achieved uh, behind the site's blay in each direction um, on the uh, land on the frontage. So this application is for the redevelopment of an existing brownfield site where the NPPF obviously encourages the reuse of uh, brownfield land previously developed for housing purposes. Um, it therefore um, complies with that uh, policy. Um, and also it should be noted, as I mentioned in my report, that uh, there is now the new brownfield register being um, uh, developed by the government, which identifies those brownfield sites which do qualify, uh, subject to site size, which this does, where that should be looked upon as being appropriate um, in terms of speeding up the planning process. Um, so the application, uh, Chairman, is for approval, subject to conditions. This is a reserve matters application, so the reserve matters would be for uh, scale and um, appearance. There was one condition that was suggested at the site meeting this morning, 
should members be mindful to grant approval, and that is for a sound insulation condition for the dwellings, um, bearing in mind that part of uh, Pickford's is still in a state of um, uh, commercial use, um, and obviously we can't project what might happen with that uh, site moving forward. So the application is recommended for approval, Chairman, subject to conditions. Uh, thank you very much, Mr Theobald. Um, we have no noted speakers on this item, so I would uh, throw it open to members uh, for their comments. Uh, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Thank you. Just a quick question to Mr Theobald. Um, on paragraph 1117, which is page 45 of the report, It says uh, fire tenders would be able to access the rear line of dwellings along the private road. So do you mean, when you say private road, because private roads have to be closed twice a year, don't they? So uh, a fire engine won't get, or an ambulance won't get down there if it's closed. So could you explain that in more detail, please? Yes, sorry, when I meant uh, private road, I meant that it wouldn't be barriered off. It would simply be that it may not be adopted to um, highway standards and therefore it would just be an extension of uh, Brock's Mead. So any fire tender um, will be able to, to go up that road and obviously um, if it needs to. And similarly for uh, refuse vehicles, there is a, a refuse collection point shown at the uh, bottom of, um, of the uh, right there. So that would be the refuse collection point. No, no. Councillor Ranger. Thanks, Chairman. Um, I know we're on, we are only approving access today, um, if we approve it, um, on the point of access. And I know the highways have stated they're happy with it, but it would seem to me that if they used just the western access off of the endway for those four front properties, you'd actually improve. You, you could probably retain some of the hedge that's going to be cut out. Um, and it would take a lot of the pressure off of two accesses being used in virtually the same stretch um, simultaneously perhaps. So that was an observation perhaps that might come forward um, if we ever get to consent when we get to outline uh, details for the outline. Taking up the question on the site next door if I may um, Clive, um, it's the builder's yard at the moment. Does that incorporate any other uses that might be noisy in the future? Yeah, um, my understanding at the moment is that it is a redundant builder's yard, that effectively it's just a, a dormant state, although there is um, a small firm called Raw Steel, who is a, um, just a, a small um, welding company, which obviously is a B2 use and therefore potentially noisy. Um, I don't know under what terms they're in there, whether or not they're on a short-term lease and will be given notice to quit. But obviously this site is just for what you see and doesn't encompass the builder's yard. So whether or not that site comes forward in the future, I, I don't, we don't know. So are you, from what you said, um, and I'm sorry I wasn't at the site meeting this morning, I did my own one, um, is there going to be a condition to soundproof these properties for the existing use? Because if there's a change of use, it's for that application to determine that it won't create a nuisance to these if they're built. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
the developer has said that they're happy for a sound and noise condition to go on. Um, plainly, we don't have any details for that site at the moment, so it could be said to be premature, obviously, for the design if that were to be incorporated. But bearing in mind we've had nothing um, on this adjacent site, then um, if the applicant's agent has, has said that they can do that, then I think that should be a condition that should be applied. To what level do we insulate? That's, um, have we got any known noise yeah. survey? I would, I would suggest you put a about on Brazier's condition, which says basically that as part of the submitted um, detailed application, because obviously so it's scan and design we haven't got, isn't it? Is it scan? Yeah. yeah. So, so when we get the application in, the further reserve matters, that should also incorporate uh, noise attenuation measures. And that could cover all encompass anything. Fine, that's fine. Thank you. Uh, you're happy with that, Councillor Ranger, yeah? Yeah, yeah good. Uh, any other comments? Um, <coughs> Chairman, if I may. You may. And, and just to say that it's, uh, there's so little um, brownfield land available for development these days that um, it um, would seem to be uh, rather um, not very clever of us to pass up an opportunity like this. I think it should be, this application should be approved and uh, I would like to so propose. Okay, Councillor Hicks, I'll accept your proposal. <coughs> Any other comments at this stage? I'll have my two pennyworth. Uh, Councillor Ranger, I take your point about one access, but obviously with only one access, it therefore takes away those turning heads where some other cars might be able to park. Um, we've got tandem parking again here to a certain extent, and those bays on either side of the entrance sort of mitigate that a little bit. Having looked at it this morning, I do take your point, though. It's a, it's a reasonably sharp corner, um, but I think we're going to lose a majority of that hedgerow um, so long as it's back-planted in some way to screen it. It's going to make it more like the rest of the houses in that area, but I do take your point. Um, OK. Uh, can, can I ask if we have a seconder for this, please? Uh, Okay, Gary, yeah, seconded by uh, Gary LeConte. Um, I'm going to go to the vote. All those in favour of approval, please, show. Again, unanimous. Okay, thank you very much. That application is approved at outline, and we'll move on to the next application. Thank you, Mr Theobald. Okay, uh, this is application UTT 171163, full application for the land south of Freshwell Gardens in Saffron Warden. And we have several speakers on this um, before Luke, or oh, Luke's going to present first. Yeah, Luke to present first. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. The site is located off Freshwell Gardens, Saffron Walden and comprises an undeveloped meadow between housing to the north and the Swan Meadow public car park to the south. The application is for full planning permission to erect six houses in two blocks of three. A vehicle access would be provided in the northeast corner and three pedestrian links would be provided off Freshwell Gardens and existing footpaths. The housing would be accessed via a new road and an area of public open space is proposed on the remainder of the site. 
Each house would have a parking space either in a garage or on a driveway. The proposed houses would have three storeys and a contemporary appearance. The external finishes include red bricks at ground floor level, clay hanging tiles above and plain clay roof tiles. The top image shows the proposed street scene along the southern side of Freshwell Gardens and the bottom image shows the rear of these houses as viewed from the public open space. The top image on this slide shows the proposed street scene from the footpath to the east and the bottom image shows the rear of these houses. It is recommended that planning permission be refused for the reasons set out in my report, the most fundamental of which are numbered 1 to 3 and cover issues with flooding, character and appearance and impacts on the conservation area and the setting of listed buildings. Thank you, Luke. Uh, succinct and to the point, as usual. Okay, um, we have uh, some general speakers, but uh, I'm going to take uh, Councillor Heather Asker first, if possible. And you have five minutes, Councillor. Thank you, Chairman. Um, Councillor Heather Asker, and I'm representing Saffron Warden Town Council and the residents within Freshwell Gardens and Freshwell Street. Six homes have been proposed to be built on this site. First of all, this makes no influence whatsoever, no impact on the 14,100 that are expected within Uttlesford. Uh, and it won't provide any affordable housing requirements either. Historically, development has always been on lower levels. That's where we start. And new development ends up on higher ground, usually higher up behind uh, existing developments. So you end up with a concrete um, carpet with no so soak away. The new development also proposes to be on higher ground by raising the height of at least one metre in front of existing homes on which to place the new, new homes. This will definitely block out natural light and make the new homes above the water level. I appreciate, by the way, that no one is entitled to a view, um, but to have your light block completely is unacceptable. Freshwell. The clue is actually in the name. Uh, again, historically, local street names are given to reflect the local land, the local surroundings, field owners, etc. And if this is so, might this end up being known as Duke's Well? Uh, we have very, very recently suffered an awful lot of severe flooding in the town, in particular in the old parts of the town, and Freshwell Street is an old part of the town. Uh, just Bridge Street along the main road was flooded last or two weeks ago in the severe storms that we had. I'm intrigued as to what consideration, if any, may have been given to any access by the developer uh, with regard to emergency vehicles during construction, um, actually into the site itself uh, and for existing residents uh, in those streets. Um, it would be absolutely impossible. I appreciate that you've done your site uh, visits today. Uh, you will see, no doubt, that residents who live in the street have no access to park elsewhere in Freshwell Street and Freshwell Gardens. And so the point that I've just picked up on by Luke on the presentation, that parking would be made either in a garage or a driveway, if you have six three-bedroom homes, you are opening up to the possibility of 18 new vehicles trying to access that area. Um, 
This development has already been opposed by the Town Council uh, for the above reasons, um, including flooding, wildlife, conservation and impact on the local community. I note the recommendation to refuse and I request strongly that that refusal is upheld. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Asker. Um, Councillor Barbara Light. Barbara, you also have five minutes. Okay. Thank you, Chair. So, I'm Councillor Barbara Light. This, is, this area is within my ward. Mr Chair, committee members, Ms Deputy Chair, I would like to speak on behalf of the residents of Saffron Walden, visitors and the wildlife which currently uses Freshwell Meadows. And we have deer, birds, and various other uh, creatures who currently have no advocate whatsoever. I'd like to thank Nigel Brown and his team for their work on this. It's excellent. And also the residents for theirs. Mr. Chair, this application is wholly speculative and it's inappropriate for the town for these reasons, which I will list. Firstly, there will be an overall negative impact on the town entrance. When visitors come, they will see buildings and not the beautiful old buildings, the old part of the town, and the meadow that's currently there, with the wildlife and the maze and all the work that has been done around making it an attractive place to visit and to enter. Secondly, it's in the conservation area. Thirdly, if an application is passed, it would mean a loss of green space, which is in shortage in the town. Four, it is outside the settlement area. Fifth, it is already prone to flooding, and I'm sure you will have seen on your site visits this morning that uh, the photos of when the area has been completely flooded. Sixth, it will not add to the housing needs requirement, as my colleague Heather Asker has just pointed out. The fourth point I'd like to make overall is that this site has been rejected in the call for sites. It's been rejected by the Town Council. It's been rejected and is rejected by residents, by the officers and by all the external experts who have contributed to uh, considering this application and what, uh, the damage that might be caused. I urge you therefore, Mr Chair, members of the committee, to support the recommendation of the officers and to reject this damaging application. I'd now like to hand you over to the residents who will be speaking on behalf of uh, their objections to this application. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you, Councillor Light. Um, okay. Um, the first of the people speaking, Alison Mabel, if you'd like to come up. You have three minutes, Alison. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, everybody, I'm Alison Mabel. I live at 22 Freshwell Street, which is also one Freshwell Gardens. It's right opposite the proposed site. I'm very privileged to live in one of the listed buildings in the area. In fact, I consider myself a curator for future generations, and that affects my concerns about this. I'm also, incidentally, the legally established owner of a strip of land next to the meadow. The applicants proposed access to the meadow across the corner of my land. I wasn't asked, and I don't intend to give permission. As the Conservation Officer's report says, the site is inside the conservation area, but it's actually outside the development limits. The meadow's a buffer between the town and the car park. 
The application doesn't meet the requirements of local planning policy on development within conservation areas. These houses would overpower the current buildings, including the many older properties like mine, and they don't comply with quite a collection of policies and laws, including the NPPF um, planning, uh, uh, requirements to conserve and enhance the historic environment and local policy about the effect on listed buildings. In fact, the Conservation Officer's report is absolutely clear the proposed development would have a detrimental rather than an enhancing effect, and the Planning Officer has noted that the harm would not be outweighed by the benefits as, required, um, as would be required by the NPPF. But the application has been presented as an improvement to the amenity value of the area. It would destroy it. The houses, the gardens, especially if they were the site required under local planning policy, and the pond, if it was the site required by the hydrologists, would leave a tiny area of ground walled in on two sides by garden walls for the houses, hidden from the street except down the path between the houses and the gardens, hardly any view of the town. The scheme itself would destroy the very space it's claimed to enhance. The houses and the pond can't be constructed without irreparable damage to the medieval battle ditch, which has been shown to run through the meadow, through the site of the houses and the proposed pond. Parking in the streets has always been a problem. Emergency vehicles and waste collection lorries really struggle with its narrowness, and I've seen that on plenty of occasions. The entrance onto Bridge Street is also very narrow, poorly sighted and dangerous. Um, and the, um, the proposed parking for the houses is inadequate. It can only make matters worse. So I urge you, please, Mr Chairman and the committee, to agree with a strong recommendation in the planning officer's report and to refuse this application. Six houses from the total can't justify the damage done to the conservation area, the permanent loss of the history and the amenity represented by this meadow and the worsening of our traffic and parking problems. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Mr John Reddy. And you also have three minutes, Mr. Reddy. Uh, I'm speaking as the chairman of the Local Residents Association and would like to focus on particularly the flooding risk. As a starting point, it's a fact that the majority of the site lies within the Environment Agency's High Risk Zone 3. Policy Gen 3 of the current 2005 local plan states that within a functional floodplain, buildings will not be permitted unless there is exceptional need for them to be located there. And even in those exceptional cases, permission will be subject to the outcome of a flood risk assessment, which must include evidence that there is no risk of increased flooding elsewhere. It goes on to say that within areas of the floodplain beyond the settlement boundary, new residential development will not be permitted. Freshwell Meadow is outside the settlement limit of the town and there is self-evidently no exceptional need for the six houses proposed to be there. Looking next at the National Planning Policy Framework, paragraph 101 describes a sequential test, the aim of which is to steer all new development to areas with the lowest probability of flooding. Therefore, as the site is in flood zone 3, development should not be permitted if there are reasonably available sites in areas with a lower likelihood of flooding. Even within the constrained catchment of Saffron Walden, there are almost certainly available sites for six houses that are in flood zones 1 or 2, and the proposal therefore fails the sequential test requirement of the National Planning Policy Framework. 
The above principle is further endorsed by paragraph 1034 of the draft local plan, which states that all development should be located in areas at low risk of flooding, which comprise 96% of the district. The scale of development required in the local plan can be provided on land which is at the lowest risk of flooding and all new build development is expected to take place in this zone. Turning to the actual flood risk assessment submitted with the application, it appears very dependent on computer modelling, yet it itself concedes that there, I quote, appears to be some doubt as to the origin and causes of flooding and there is some ambiguity in interpreting the mapping for river and uh, rainfall flood risk from modelling. In contrast, members of the Bridge End Residents Association, including myself, have direct experience of flood events over a number of years and have empirically observed the interaction of the spring-fed waters in the duck ponds with the 310-metre-long drainage ditch which sluggishly carries the outfall to the slade via a concrete pipe by the golf club. This morning you will have seen the graphic photographs posted at the site which record the very severe flooding in 2001 when Freshall Gardens was evacuated and during two separate floods in the spring of 2016. There have in addition been a number of near misses when the water level has come within a few metres of number 7 Freshall Gardens. The planning application has adopted a raised finished floor level which is above the notional 200 year flood level. Raising the site area by this amount may protect the new houses from flooding but will also increase the risk to the existing adjacent houses in Freshall Gardens where the ground level between numbers 4 and 5 is near over 2 feet lower than that proposed adjacent to the new houses. For these reasons the Environment Agency has twice refused to approve the site specific flood risk assessment and cites a failure to demonstrate that flood risk would not be increased elsewhere in conflict with paragraph 103 of the NPPF. I therefore urge you to support the Planning Officer's recommendation on, planning, on the flooding risk alone, together with all the other reasons, and to refuse this application. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Mr. Reddy. Um, Pauline Power. Also three minutes. You're welcome. Just press the button in the middle. Thank you. Uh, yeah, my name is Pauline Power. I've lived at number six Freshwell Gardens for three years. I cannot get flood cover insurance for my home. Can you imagine my worries in April 2016 when the water in the meadow was up to the gate? I think the inspectors this morning saw the gate just a few metres from my home and I have no flood insurance. Several weeks ago the ditches were dug for archaeological purposes. From my study the water caught my eye as the tractor filled in the ditches the water was sloshing around at that stage, we'd been in drought for quite a long time. Where did the water come from? <laughs> it's a real water meadow, as I've evidenced in photographs. The location of the proposed dwellings would totally obscure my natural daylight. And I do understand that light deprivation can cause mental health issues. Vehicles on the proposed elevator roadway would produce pollution. 
I would permanently need to keep my windows closed, and I suspect I would also lose my privacy. Finally, there are so many varied and very, very valid reasons why this development should never be allowed on this site. I'm afraid I have to say there is only one reason for it. We all would like a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but sometimes common sense and decency must prevail. Thank you very much. Okay, that's uh, the last of the speakers that I have listed here. Um, in that case, I'm going to throw it over to the members, and I'm going to start with Councillor Lachlan, who's got a hand up next to me. Sorry, the mic's a... Can you hear me? Because that's a bit far away. Uh, well, when I first saw this, I was shocked, and I actually thought this is a daft application. It's in a conservation area. It doesn't uh, apply uh, or doesn't accord with the MPPF. Um, it's a flood zone, and it's just a, a chancer, I think. And I would very happily propose refusal on this. I think the officer's recommendation is the right one. I think it's a very good recommendation. And I don't know if anybody uh, is going to vote for this, but I would consider that that would be the wrong thing to do. And I, so I will propose refusal. At this stage, I have a proposer. Uh, who else would like to speak on this item? Anybody? I have a proposer then. I'm going to uh, just have a, a comment before we go any further. Um, there is multiple reasons written in the officer's report for this refusal. Um, but basically the zone three is a no-no as far as I'm concerned. It is flood risk. Um, there are several other issues that could have been resolved perhaps but haven't been resolved. And therefore um, I'm quite happy to take a secondary in Mr Ranger, Councillor Ranger and we will go to the vote for refusal. All those in favour of refusal of this application, please show. Okay, I have a unanimous refusal. Thank you very much, Luke, and we can move on to the next item. Okay, moving on. UTT 171037, a full application at Foxglove Farm, Dunmo Road, Hatfield Heath. And uh, Mr Lindsay Trevelyan will take us through this application. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, the next item on today's agenda is the site known as Foxglove Farm, which is located on the eastern side of Dunmo Road, approximately 700 metres north of the village of Hatfield Heath. Set within the, the grounds of the site itself is a large double-storey dwelling house with single-storey elements. To the left-hand side of it is a detached barn that has currently got lawful permission to be converted into a single dwelling house 
although the works on this have not commenced. To the west of the main dwelling house, there is a cart lodge. Five small bungalows um, are located to the west and south of the site. An ancient monument and listed buildings are further located to the south. Large agricultural fields and fields used for horse keeping are located to the north. Planning permission is sought to convert the existing dwelling house in the centre of the site into three separate dwellings, to convert the existing barn into two dwellings and to convert the cart lodge into a single dwelling house. A total of six dwellings are proposed as a result of the conversions. As explained within the officer's report, the proposal to convert the buildings requires numerous building works that include internal and external alterations and small size extensions to make the buildings habitable. This is the existing elevation and floor plan of the barn itself to the left of the dwelling. With the proposed plans, so what we've got here is a large single storey element that's going to be removed and then there's going to be a proposed single storey extension to the side to obviously match up and get balanced so that the barn will be split in half. This is the existing plans of the existing dwelling house at the moment. It's a double storey with single storey wings to it. The floor plans. They're the proposed floor plans, but the proposed elevations show exactly what the modifications of the dwelling are. So what's being proposed is a double storey extension to the side for plot three, and also a first floor extension over the single storey element as such. This is the existing cart lodge that's to be converted into a two bedroom bungalow. There's no extensions apart from the alterations internally and also the, the bays themselves will be enclosed. So in terms of the issues and the assessment, officers consider the proposal forms a sustainable development and the conversion of the buildings is an appropriate form of development within the green belt that would not harm either its character or openness. The design and appearance of the converted buildings are deemed to be appropriate and they would not result in harm to the character and appearance of the street scene and the surrounding area. It would not result in detrimental harm to nearby heritage assets, ecology or highway safety, and it would not result in excessive harm to the amenities of joining neighbours. Each dwelling unit will be provided with sufficient private amenity space and off-street parking. Officers consider the proposal to be in accordance with both national and local planning policy, it's therefore recommended that the application be approved subject to the suggested conditions. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Mr Trevelyan. Um, we have no speakers on this application, so I'm happy to throw it open to members for their comments. Uh, any comments from the floor? Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. Um, it's one of those situations where you wonder who drew the line for the green belt. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's amazing, and one of the conditions of uh, giving 
permission in the green belt is it needs to be there or there's some very exceptional circumstances why it needs to be there um, I can't say any more than that really but I'm still deliberating on whether or not this has any special reason to be there um, I know there's an existing permission on the farmhouse but um, I'm mindful of the fact that we probably haven't got a five year land supply is that special enough reason? Possibly um, I'll leave it to members to cogitate a little bit more. Thank you. <coughs> Councillor Chambers. Mr Chairman, I, I, as I've said to you many times, I'm, I'm no expert on planning. Um, but I do agree with what uh, Councillor Ranger is saying, and I'm delighted that, that he has said so. I, I have grave concerns that uh, we are getting into a position where we are finding it very difficult to refuse almost anything. And I'm sorry, but looking at this, I do not think that this is one place that is exceptional. Um, I, would, I would not be happy to see it uh, as it is now. Uh, and at the moment, I will not say any more. Um, okay. Uh any other comments? Right. I also will have my two pennyworth at this stage. Um, we are into this position because of a historical sort of situation where this was granted originally under agricultural and has then grown and then a barn has been done and then the barn has got permission for a residence and the residence is now applying for split to two and so on and so forth. Um, the question is whether you feel that this ends the saga of this particular site and whether it is satisfactory for this to be an acceptable development in this location. Um, I think something that Mr Trevelyan didn't mention is that we would want to have the removal of all the PD rights so there is no further anything else added and I would want that to be a condition of this application. Um, we have uh, a recommendation for approval so I'm going to put that to you as the officer's recommendation. So all of those in favour of an approval? Oh, sorry, I've, all right. Have I got a proposer first? Let's start. I have a proposer, Councillor Davy. Do I have a seconder? Hmm. I'll second it from the chair, OK? Um, I'll second it from the chair. Oh, sorry, all right, Gary. I'll second it from the chair, though. So we have a proposer and a seconder. Um, this is recommended for approval. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four. I have four, five. One, two, three, four, five. And abstention, abstention from Councillor Hicks. Councillor Chambers? Against. Against. Okay. I have five, four, one abstention. And that item is therefore carried. Thank you, Mr Trevelyan, for your efforts. The next item is UTT 171311. It's a full application at Trutons on Onga Road and uh, Mrs Madeline Jones is going to take us through it.
Thank you, Chair. Uh, this application was deferred at the last committee for a site visit, which was carried out this morning. As a reminder, I will run, just run through the slides quickly shown at the last committee. This application relates to sites on the southwest of Great Dunmo on the southern side of Vonga Road. It's outside the development limits of Great Dunmo, and there are two residential properties um, adjacent to the site and a tennis court to the southwest of the site. These are separated from the application site by a high evergreen hedge. The building cannot be seen from the highway. The proposal is for conversion of an existing tractor store, although this is not an agricultural building, into a single-storey, two-bedroom dwelling with associated parking and amenity space. The building was built in 2010. These are the existing elevations. This shows the proposed changes to the building, which are minor in nature. This shows the existing and proposed floor plans. The design of the proposal is acceptable and adequate parking and garden provision would be provided to meet adoptable standards. The adopted standards. The access arrangements have been considered by Essex County Council Highway Officers and they raised no objections. The proposal would not result in any significant harm to protected species or their habitats. This slide shows where the site is located in relation to the town of Great Dunmo. The two housing applications referred to by the agent are here and here. Um, and this is where the bus stop um, referred to by the agent is as pointed out on the site meeting this morning. This aerial view shows where the building is located in relation to clusters of dwellings and the site is relatively isolated in planning time terms. The site is poorly related in relation to services and facilities and future occupiers of the dwelling would need to rely on the private vehicles to meet their everyday needs, including employment, healthcare, schooling, shopping and leisure facilities. This slide shows the position of the building in relation to the build, two buildings on the site. One is a converted listed barn and the other a residential listed dwelling. So these are the two listed. This slide shows the access facing north. The agent has stated that there is a public footpath linking the site to Great Dunmo. However, the site located is on a main road close to a bend and the road at this point does not have any pavements and is unlit. And this shows the access facing south. And this shows the building relation to the other two residential properties. The following slides show photographs of the building. The application has been called in to decide if the proposal is unsustainable and an isolated building. Then the framework does not define the meaning of isolated. The site, this site is considered to be isolated. It is some 1.5 kilometres from the settlement limits of Great Dunmo. The site is not located on the edge of a settlement and the road from the site to Great Dunmo does not have a pavement and is a busy road, unsuitable for walking on a regular basis. This application follows two previous applications by the same applicant on the same site that were refused. The applicant did not appeal these decisions. Several re recent 
Appeal decisions have been quoted in my report giving comments on the interpretation of sustainability and isolated in planning terms. The agent has made reference to a recent decision, UGT 702364. However, it is not considered that this is a similar case in that the ap application relates to a former agricultural building. The site was in walking distance to a frequent bus service. The building the subject of this application is not a former agricultural building and is not in safe walking distance to a bus stop. Indeed, there was no planning permission in place prior to the retrospective application to retain the tractor shed under UTT 15 to 853 HHF in 2015. The application is recommended for refusal. The proposal does not represent sustainable development and is therefore is not acceptable in principle. Thank you, Mrs Jones. Um, we have one speaker on this and that is the applicant, uh, Mr John Wright. Mr Wright, you have three minutes. Thank you, uh, Chair and uh, everyone. Um, unfortunately, my, my agent who addressed the committee, uh, the July committee, cannot be here today, which is why I address the members of this committee directly, and I thank you for allowing me this opportunity. I hope your visit to Trudens this morning was informative and it has been and it has demonstrated that this is not a typical domestic outbuilding as found in many residential properties, dispelling the officer's comments at the last committee that by approving this application it would lead to a harmful precedent. As councillors quite rightly pointed out two officers at the uh, last committee, each case should be dealt with on its own merits. The setting of a president provides no justification for the refusal of this proposal and indeed this is not referenced within the officer's recommendation reason for refusal. Unlike the majority of the district, the application site is situated close to one of its key service centres, Great Dunmo, less than a kilometre away. The site in itself is not physically isolated within its, within its countryside setting, being set within the grounds of two existing dwellings, and there are a, a further 21 dwellings located within 600 metres of the application site. It is also noteworthy that there are two residential developments on Onga Road currently under construction, the nearest located only um, 0.4 of a kilometre away. If a redundant building such as this, located so close to a key service centre, is considered isolated and thus not sustainable to convert, then when assessed against local policies, I think it's fair to say that this would likely preclude the majority of residential conversions across the district. The NPPF is clearly not seeking to prevent rural building conversions in such a way. Trutons was a farm 
the building is being called new and built in 2010. It was actually um, converted and reconstructed, if you like, um, and, and part of the old trusses and other bits and pieces were used. Um, that I don't think has been mentioned, or it wasn't mentioned this morning in the site meeting. The sustainable reuse of a redundant building to provide modest accommodation that would be suitable for the elderly and in a time of housing shortage will provide social, economic and environmental benefits that as a whole should outweigh any minor harm if the proposal was to result in negligible journeys by car into the nearby town of Great Dunmo. As pointed out previously by my agent at the July committee, I would like to take this opportunity to reiterate that um, we feel strongly that the officer's report is somewhat misleading to the members of the committee. Mention is made of six appeal decisions where the judgments of development being isolated and sustainable are discussed. However, all of these appeals relate to new build housing within the countryside, not one re relating to the conversion of a redundant rural building. Indeed, the second case quoted related to a residential development of nine new dwellings and garages. I am advised by my agent that it is widely accepted that the reuse of an existing building is by itself more sustainable than proposals for new build housing, as, is, as it is utilising an existing, existing resource, and in these circumstances, while the NPPF is of course entirely relevant, the sustainability test should be applied proportionately depending upon the type and size of development proposed. In this case, the test should be applied far less onerously than, say, a development of a multiple number of new build houses. No objections um, have been raised by the Parish Council. In fact, they fully supported the application and confirmed so, or any third parties, which reflects the fact that this application will give rise to no demonstrable harm. Consequently, for the aforementioned reasons, I sincerely hope that the members of the committee could see their way to grant this application. And I would just finally like to say that um, my cart lodge, in fact, is very similar to the cart lodge that you've just given permission for at the Dunmo Road Hatfield Heath, which, you know... Um, <coughs> OK, thank you very much, Mr Wright. strikingly the same. Thank you very much. Thank you for your comments. Uh, we have no other speakers on this issue, uh, so I'm going to throw it open to the members at this point. Councillor Chambers. I would like to propose uh, approval for all the reasons given here, Mr Chairman, by the officers. <coughs> Just refusal. to clarify, refusal. refusal is... Uh, OK, you're, you're proposing a refusal. OK. Comments from uh, other members? Councillor Ranger, anything? Yes? 
Thank you, Chairman. That's quite perceptive of you. My hand wasn't up. I take a point that the applicant just made, and I've noted it down before he said it. It's, this would seem to me no less sustainable, less sustainable than the previous application where we had a cart lodge for conversion. And um, in terms of isolation, it's it's not um, completely isolated in as much that it's a separate one on its own. It's got the, the um, Trutons and it's got Trutons Cottage and there are other uh, houses within the area. Um, in fact, uh, again, it's got a cart lodge <coughs> already that uh, could also be a separate application and we would be looking at the comparison between that and the Hatfield Heath one. Thank you. Okay. Um, any other comments? Councillor Lachlan, no? No? Okay. Yes, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Um, well, I was one of the people that wanted to go and see this because, um, like Councillor Ranger, I couldn't see any reason to refuse it. There, were, you know, nobody, there was nothing against it. Um, you know, there was from highways, nothing. Um, but when I saw it this morning, it is a very, very long way out from anywhere. Um, and there is no path. It would have to be, you, a car would have to be used to get anywhere, or you'd be putting your life in your hands if you wanted to walk or cycle. Um, so I was very pleased that I went to see it. But on the face of it, I, I can't actually, apart from that, I, I, I couldn't actually and still can't see anything wrong with it. But I don't think I would be able to vote for it. I might have to abstain, but I couldn't vote um, against it, I don't think, for that reason. Um, so I'm still kind of wavering, even at this late point. So I'll just make that point. Okay. Councillor Lachlan is wavering. Uh, Councillor Ranger? Sorry, Chair, if I can come back. Yeah, I, I do find a bit of a dilemma in this um, sustainability issue. Um, if, you were, if you have a proposal immediately adjoining other properties, other residences, you're classing those as unsustainable too. So that actually blights those properties if the full impact of the MPPF is taken there. So I do worry about that. I mean, it's, not, it's just an observation really that you know, we're actually saying to people that live in those situations, well, I'm sorry, you're in an unsustainable mode, uh, uh, a point of living and uh, you know no one's actually going to be interested in taking on your property once you no longer use it whether you die or whether you want to sell it it's, it's one of those dilemmas that I struggle with uh, Mr Brown is going to clarify a few points uh, yes please just the there's there's two bits to this there's, I mean I think when members were on the coach this morning and I do appreciate Council Ranger has been you know is aware of where this is for the members that were on the coach um, Matt did call out the bus stop and then we carried on and then we carried on and then we carried on and then we went past the the two Onga Road developments then we carried on and then we carried on so I don't think the word adjoining comes into it apart from even towards the two dwellings in terms of the conversion of the existing farmhouse it's not even adjoining those 
So that's where the sustainability issue. The Hatfield Heath one, which I know we need to look at each site on its own merits, is being mentioned, is actually slightly closer to the settlement and also has more development around it. But what I venture to say, um, Hatfield Heath, that left a slight bad taste in the mouth. I think it was the right recommendation to approve it. But that was the end of the story of a number of conversions of buildings and all sorts of things. And that was the end of the story that this potentially is the beginning of. And I think this particular particular situation is a very bad taste in my mouth. How can a building that was a pr built two years ago for an agricultural use that isn't being used for agriculture be claimed? Well, yeah, but it's been it's it's, it's been rebuilt. Um, how can that now be redundant? And that basically means. And you've seen members saw the site this morning, um, and to describe it as a tractor shed is, is somewhat slightly misleading to say the least as well as what members have seen inside there today as well as photographs inside this is not a redundant agricultural building and yet alone is also not in a sustainable location and I think this would sign, set off a very dangerous story on this particular site in terms of building a this is not a precedent this is a story that could start on this particular site and so I would be extremely but it is unsustainable they have had two refusals on this particular application for exactly the same proposal. And if you read the, the history of it, there was a proposal to, to convert it, then there was a proposal to retain it as a, as a tractor shed, then a proposal to change the use of it. Um, there's no appeals amongst on that one. I think oblige him with a refusal and then let him have a go at an appeal if I were you, because this could be very, very dangerous if approved. Uh, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, firstly, I'd like to say that the report was excellent and um, you know, it, was a, it gave a very clear picture of what it was and what you see is what you get. Um, so, uh, and I do agree uh, with Mr. Brown. Uh, we did carry on for miles before we actually uh, you know, got between the bus stop, if you like, and where the site was. So, uh, you know, I think, I've been, I know, I was wavering. Now it has been explained to me. I think I will uh, second, uh, if it's the time now, uh, to further refuse it. Not because I don't think that it's a sort of right um, property to convert, but I do think it's unsustainable simply because of the fact that it's just very difficult to access. Is that okay? Uh, that, that's perfectly all right, Councillor Lachlan. Thank I you. now have a seconder on this application for refusal. So, uh, Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I just thought I would add a little to what has been said, and that is that uh, I think one uh, thing that the public expects from the planning committee is consistency. And I think this particular application uh, has been rejected twice previously with very little change in its character. And uh, I see no reason for, and there's been no change in policy to my knowledge that should affect it. So um, I feel that uh, refusal is the right road to, um, to go down. So I, I would support the officer's report. If you want a second, uh, Mr. Uh, Chairman. Well, I, I have a proposer in uh, Councillor Chambers. <coughs> I have a second in Councillor Lachlan. I'm going to go to the vote for the refusal of this application. All those in favour of the refusal, please show. I have a unanimous refusal, so that item is refused. Thank you, Ms Jones. We'll move on to the next item.
I should be leaving the room for this one, Chairman. Thank you very much, Councillor Ranger. This application is UTT 170486, Oak Royd Avenue, Dunmo, and will be presented by Mrs Karen Denmark. Thank you, Chairman. Um, this is again another site that you went to this morning, um, Oak Royd Avenue. This is a bungalow in, um, in a street of uh, mixed housing types, but predominantly um, two-storey houses uh, with a few chalet bungalows towards the Braintree Road um, end on the opposite side of the road. But this particular chalet bungalow is located between two um, sets of uh, two-storey dwellings. The proposal relates to the demolition of an existing rear um, extension and the erection of a five metre deep um, rear extension and a side extension. That's the right thing. Um, these are the elevations um, that you will, uh, of, of the proposal. So this is the side extension. The rear extension is this element here with the side extension here. This is an existing dormer window um, just being um, revamped to make it look a bit more appealing than it currently does. Um, this is the rear extension and the side extension and then this is the rear here. Um, there was concerns from the neighbours here and you went into their property this morning. They've got um, a couple of windows here and then they've got another window here. Um, the, this serves a kitchen which also has another window here and um, there's a dining room with uh, patio doors and windows on the back here as well. So this, is, this window on this elevation isn't the only light source for the, uh, the kitchen which is not classed as a habitable room anyway. Um, it's felt that the proposal would not result in a significant loss of light and, um, and the application is therefore recommended for approval. Thank you very much, um, Mrs Denmark. Okay, we have no speakers. It's only us now. The few that there are of us. Uh, so it's over to you, councillors. Any comments? Councillor Lachlan. No, I'm not going to comment. I'm going to propose uh, approval. Okay, I have a proposal for approval. Will, Mr Chair. Yep. I think uh, okay, thank you. Councillor Davey. Mike. Yes, Mr Chairman, I do sympathise with the um, concerns of the neighbouring property. It just seems that uh, it is a very small bungalow or chalet and to make it, any, to make it more large usable space in it is, is tricky. But it does seem rather pointed the way that, that flank wall is, is put where it is right opposite the kitchen window. Um, I just wondered if there's any way that it could have been done slightly better. Um, so I, I have concerns about it. And I shan't be supporting the, the uh, proposal. Okay. 
Uh, I suspect that the position of the gable end is to link into the staircase as it's the only way you can probably get across that landing um, for that reason. Um, could you just go back to the block plan, Karen? I just would query number 20 as a block plan. I'm not sure that that is quite <coughs> right in as much isn't there a recess where we walked into the kitchen this morning as opposed to... There's it's showing it as a flat yeah, elevation? Yeah, there's... Um, isn't there a, a corner a, out of that? There's a, a, another section here which is... Um, sort of toilet and which isn't on there? No, okay. it's not on there. All right. Um, okay. I have a proposer. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Yes, Mr. Hicks. I just wanted um, clarification, but um, with, we, we started with the reduced size committee, and with the re withdrawal of Councillor Ranger, we're down to six. May I ask um, our legal officer to confirm we're still quarried? I think I can answer that. I understand that three is actually the minimum, and after that, we are fine to go. Is that correct? That's Thank you. Yeah, that's fine. So you are able to speak and vote. Okay, I have a, I have a, a proposer and a, I, Mr. Chairman, I second that. And I have a seconder for approval. All those in favour of approval for this application, please show. I have four. All of those against? One, and I presume one abstention. one abstention. Okay, I have four. Therefore, that application is approved, and we can move on to the uh, final item. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. That actually concludes the uh, main applications for today. We will now take the Chief Officer's report. Thank you, Chairman. Um, the way I now do the appeal decisions is rather than summarise each particular case, um, I just give you the list of results with pointing out specific ones where members have had, where this committee has been involved in the actual decision. And um, it, it does appear, looking at it, that there are three applications which members refused against officer recommendation and they were all dismissed on appeal. So, but it's not a question of members three, officers nil. It's a question of looking at each individual decision. And, and I can actually go through each and It's sort of like that, but it's not. The um, Bartholomew Close one in Great Chesterfield, which was on page 107, was an application that came to committee. Um, I think it came to committee twice. Originally it came to committee recommended for approval. It really wasn't right, and that application was withdrawn. Then another application came back. Um, I think we were slightly hamstrung as officers in terms of recommending it for refuse, approval. Members refused it, and a combination of Karen... Uh, well, it was Karen and members submitting the uh, written representation made that we were successful on that appeal. And so um, we need to be careful because there is a current application that's coming your way soon. So um, we won't say anything more about that, but that was a good example of, of an application being reviewed. Uh, the second one in Felstead, that was a, quite a hefty inquiry. 
uh, where there was quite a lot of days spent on five-year land supply issues. And at that particular point, it became quite clear that we hadn't got a five-year land supply, and that came out during the inquiry and came out as a result of the inquiry. Um, it's a strange decision because the inspector concluded that we haven't got a five-year land supply, which we already know, because since then we'd already committed ourselves to say we haven't got a five-year land supply. He made some sort of comments about 20% buffers that were a 20% authority, not a 5% authority, which is, you know, can be questioned, but that's where we are. And that was put forward in terms of the Gladwin inquiry that's been going on this week in Saffron Warden. He also put quite a lot of high credence on the loss of agricultural land per se. And although there was an agricultural land refusal reason, it's not cumulatively across the whole district, it was that particular loss of agricultural land on that particular point, which may be over-egging it a bit. So he, and, and then he therefore ended up dismissing the appeal as being inappropriate in that location. <coughs> so in one hand, he was criticising us for not approving development, and then he goes and refuses development. But that was a member's decision to... Um, as, as being upheld on appeal, in, 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 in essence. The Henham one was a very strange one. That was one where members may recall that there was a, where the access was through the middle of the school and there was and members were very uncomfortable about the relationship with the school. Um, they're also very uncomfortable with the impact upon the, the countryside. And for all those reasons, members refused it against officer recommendation. Ironically, after the appeal, the inquiry, the inspector disagreed with all those comments. He said there wasn't an highway issue. Um, the, the, both in terms of highway safety as well as conflict with school. He concluded there was no impact upon the open countryside, but he dismissed the appeals for the only reason being the applicant had got his unilateral undertaking in terms of his Section 106 wrong. So it was the, dare I say it, the incompetence of the applicant got it wrong. Um, otherwise, they would have granted planning permission. Now, whether that application comes back before us, I don't know yet. Um, whether or not that, that, is, that is the school has decided not to, to, to involve themselves, because obviously involving some sort of school land was, was part of the proposal. So, so as a result of that, there was three dismissed appeals from members months overturning it. But I think the Felsted inquiry is a particularly pertinent one in that it's put quite a lot of high credence on uh, the loss of agricultural land as well as the five-year land supply. The same inspector has made a similar decision across the border in Braintree and so we, we need to be looking, and that was a Gladman inquiry, so therefore that's one that I don't know whether Gladmans would challenge it or whatever, but it was done on very much the same language, so we need to, to watch as we go at the moment. So with two further inquiries coming up, with Gladmans happening this, finishing this week in Saffron Warden and the development in Newport coming up as an inquiry later in the month, we need to see where, where that one takes us. But I will take questions on, it, on any other cases. Councillor Chambers. Mr Chairman, I, I just, um, I, I, the, the one with, with Henham, I find that extremely difficult to, to believe in as much as it concerns me with the inspectorate that there doesn't seem to be any consistency. Uh, I might be wrong, but I don't think I am. I've been following some of the things here. Um, but when you actually look at it there, we, we had real justifiable reasons and concerns with public safety. And we have a planning inspector comes along and says, well, I only dismiss it on something that we weren't that concerned about. Seems to me absolutely ridiculous. I'm sorry, but I, I, when it, I, and I think today, and I have to say to you, I think today has been an example of where you look at the site, I can understand that, that the first site that we had uh, with foxgloves, where you say that will be the end of the story. 
I sincerely hope it would be the end of the story. But then you look at a tractor shed. Uh, I can now say it, I'm saying it in public. I have a, a contractor's uh, yard in Dudno End, which I'm retired, is no longer used as a, as a thing. But it, it is a brownfield site. What happens if I apply for four or five houses on an acre and a half? It will come before this committee, that's for sure. Of course it would. But it's ridiculous. I'm much closer to the main road than, than some of these others. The whole so, thing is so therefore, your point would be that we actually made the right decision? Of course. Right, in that case, we're fine. Councillor Ranger, you wanted to say something. I did, apart from winding up. <coughs> Councillor Chambers. Um, the Henham one, can, is that the one where they had the, the marked out running track down the side? I'll, I'll get confused yeah. with that one. Yes. Yeah. It was, yeah. We went through those gates. We, we were going yeah, to put, yeah. They were going to have like a playing field and a multi-sport centre <coughs> as a part of the deal yeah. and part of it yeah. was school land yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and we weren't very comfortable with it. No. And to be honest with you, sorry, from, from an officer's viewpoint, we, we, I think we recommended it for approval and, uh, and I think it, it didn't sit well having mm. an access through the middle of a school. Uh, it just, some things just don't sit well. I don't think highways authority mm. wouldn't justify a refusal and I think they were probably right on doing that, but it didn't sit well. And I think in terms of whether or not the developer if wants to come back with a different development which, which, which separates it from the school, I don't know, but that's, that's, that's in the hands of the developer and the landowner at the moment. No. Mr Chairman, I'm just sorry, I just need to come back if I may, in as much as what I would also like to say is that uh, I have no criticism with the officers because it's obvious that if you sit here and listen and you have one where the officers have proposed approval but they are not 100% in favour of it in as much as it could go either way and the officers, in my humble opinion, admit it. And in other words, whichever way the committee goes, they can understand why they're doing it. But it's where there's a clear-cut thing that you can see, and I can see from a common-sense point of view, if you were to, to go against the officers, and in particular I'll come back to the tractor shed, if you, if you go against the officers on that, what's the point of having a planning policy? I think we all agree with what you're saying. I mean, I'd like to think we're reasonably consistent and uh, we, do, we do normally follow the officers' recommendations. It just, it just so happens that the last three times when we've disagreed with them and it's gone to appeal, we've actually been proved right. So it's, it's just relevant to sort of say that point. <laughs> okay. Uh, have we got any further comments? Uh, Councillor Lachlan, sorry. Thank you. Well, I, I would just like to point out that this committee is here, uh, I'm not saying that the officers are right or wrong all the time, but, uh, you know, this committee is here, it's been a, we've been elected members to sit on this committee and to make an opinion on an officer's report. We don't have to agree with them. We, don't, we shouldn't be here if we're going to rubber stamp everything, and I don't think they would want us to do that. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I, I really don't like this argument uh, at all, and um, I just think it's silly. We're here because we're here to do a job in the same way as everybody else is. We don't always get it right, uh, and we don't always get it wrong either. 
and I think you'd admit that. Uh, in fact, we've had some real humdingers if you want to go back to the Secretary of State and Fairfield at Elsinham. So, um, and Benfield at Stansted, you know, that all have gone against officer recommendation. All have gone to barristers and the committee has been proved right. So I think our sitting here, we can justify our, our existence, if you like. And on that note, I'm going to bring this meeting to a close. <laughs> at 3.30, thank you very much for all your efforts, gentlemen and ladies. Thank you. Thank you.